stretch your hands toward heaven and ask the Lord to meet us in this place ask him to meet us here Jesus we need you come on would you talk to him for just a moment would you, would you say it and mean it say it out of sincerity Lord Jesus we've got to have you We've got to have you. We've got to have you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. We, if you're a guest here tonight, thank you for coming to worship with us. And we honor you for being here. And we pray that you feel the presence of God and a friendly loving environment and we pray that God does a great work in your life tonight and meets you at the point of your faith it's so easy to take this as just routine we're in here every week, week after week after week. Sundays are busy all day long. It's very easy to get to Sunday evening and just let it pass us by as if the Lord is not here. He can only do for us what we believe Him for. And if there's a hunger, he will fill it. If there's not, he will ignore. If there's faith, he'll respond to it. If there's not, he'll ignore. And so I trust that you came expecting to receive something from the Lord tonight. Amen. All five of you. I don't want to waste my time coming to God's house and leave with the same baggage and the same issues and the same problems and Amen. I want to I want to receive from him. The man at the gate beautiful, the Bible said that he looked on Peter and John expecting to receive something of them. Now, he didn't know what he was going to receive, but he was expecting. He was expecting something to receive something that he did not have. And I pray that that is the case for you. For those of you that were here this morning, you have a significant head start on tonight. For those of you that weren't here this morning, you're a little bit behind the eight ball. That doesn't mean that you can't respond and receive and what have you, but you're gonna have to you're gonna have to work a little a little harder to catch up with those that were here this morning. If we understand one thing in the scripture, just one, it has to be Christ. If we don't understand Christ, then nothing else matters. 
if we don't have a revelation of Christ, then a knowledge of the Scripture does not benefit us at all. It doesn't benefit us at all. Everything, those of you that were here this morning, if you'll just indulge me for a moment, everything in the Old Testament pointed to Christ. Everything. From Genesis 1 to Matthew 1, Christ is coming. The seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent. If it was a rock, the rock was Christ. If it was a rod, the rod was Christ. If it was manna, it was the bread of heaven. Every, every symbol, every character, every story is about Christ. And yet when Jesus came, they looked him right in the face and didn't even know who he was. And some suspected who he was, including Herod. And they were hell-bent on killing him. But he came. He fulfilled his mission. He fulfilled God's plan that was in the mind of God before the foundation of the world. And after fulfilling that plan, everything in the New Testament looks backwards to Christ. Everything is about Christ. Everything is about Christ. We are the body of Christ, and yet I fear sometimes that we we don't even know who we are because we aren't sure who he is. And the arguments about, and I'm not talking about in here, but the arguments about three persons and one God and Jesus only or Jesus not at all or whatever that is it just it just speaks to the fact that there is no real revelation of him and so this morning we we talked about Christ and I I know when I say Jesus or I say Christ or I say Jesus Christ well he's he's the man that lived 33 and a half years ago or 33 and a half years, 2,000 years ago, that was hung on a cross, that was buried in a tomb, and rose again on the third day and ascended up into heaven. That Christ. But that's, that's not all. That's not all that Christ was. And that's not all that Christ is. And without revelation, uh, you'll leave here tonight and say, we've heard that before. But with revelation, you'll walk out of here and say, I've never heard that in my life. Same scriptures. Same, same thought process. But the true perspective of Christ is that he is not of this world. And because he is not of this world, we are not of this world. Now, what I make, are y'all here tonight? I mean, I'll preach to a dead church if I need to, but I'd rather not to. The, when, I, when I say that, when I say we are not of this world, this is what we think. That's right. We don't drink, cuss, smoke, sleep around, do drugs. We don't fornicate, commit adultery. But that's not what that scripture means. 
We are not of this world. We're of that world. It is, it is not what we are separated from. It's who we're separated unto. That makes us not of this world. We are a heavenly people. In John 14 and verse 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Those are three extremely important elements. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. No man. Not Pentecostals, Catholics, Baptists, Presbyterians, Nazarene, Church of Christ, Methodists. If you don't come by Christ, you don't get to the Father. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. Seen him. They had laid eyes on the Father, robed in flesh, the Almighty God. I can tell I got my work cut out for me tonight. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us, or it satisfies us, or it is sufficient for us. Show us the Father. If we've seen the Father, then show us who he is. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you? And this is the question for us tonight. And yet hast thou not known me, Philip? Have I been so long time with you, greater faith, that you don't know me? He that has seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou that I am in the Father? And the Father in me, the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works' sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these Shall he do because I go unto my Father? Are we doing greater? Think before you answer this. Are we doing greater works than that of Christ? Look around. Are we doing greater works than Jesus did? And yet it was a prophetic word to the body of Christ, to these disciples who were going to build the church. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, whatever it is, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, just stay with me for just a moment. I'll let you be seated. I said this this morning. We perceive our petitions to God and His answers back to us as things. These are things. 
We're praying for healing. That's a thing. That's the way we perceive it. It's man's wisdom. Man's wisdom says if I don't possess it, if there's no evidence of it, then I have to get it and I have to convince God to give it to me so that I can acquire it. God, help me to be more humble like it's a thing. But those things don't exist in the spirit realm. I said that this morning. Light doesn't exist in the spirit realm. Patience doesn't exist in the spirit realm. Humility doesn't exist in the spirit realm. Christ did not need humility. He did humble himself and became obedient even unto the death of the cross. But humility is something for uncrucified flesh. And we are not asking God to make us more patient or more kind or more gentle or more humble. What we are asking him for is Christ. And if Christ is living in us, we will have the fruit of the spirit of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, temperance, and meekness. Those things are the fruit of the spirit. They are not things that we ask God to add to us. Amen. And so I know, boy, have mercy. It is tired in here tonight. It's tired in here tonight. Lord, have mercy. I want you to pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would help us. Help us, Lord. I pray for revelation. I pray, God, against the resistance of the flesh, the disconnection of the flesh, the minds of people in this place that already have one foot out the door. They're thinking about what they're doing after church, what they're doing tomorrow, what they're doing this week. Father, in the name of Jesus, oh God, I pray for a refreshing of the Holy Ghost. I pray for renewing of the Holy Ghost in this place. I pray, Lord, that you would move us, Lord, into a place of understanding that you can be who you are in this place tonight, that miracles will take place in this place tonight because you are the miracle. You are the healing. That healings would take place because you are the healing. We're not asking you to add healing to us. We're asking you to be the healing, Lord, in this place. We worship you tonight, God. I push back, Lord, against every spirit that would resist you in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord and give him praise? Amen. Come on, give him praise. Thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. The biggest problem is always flesh, not the devil. You may be seated. <laughs> we, are, we are trying to find the way. The way to blessing. We're trying to find the way to a better life. We're trying to find the way to prosperity. We're trying to find the way to salvation. We may even be seeking the way to God. We are looking for that passageway, that portal, that something that we have not been able to unlock that will take us into what the Bible tells us belongs to us. And yet Jesus declared... I am the way. 
the way which God gives is Christ. He does not give us the way, and he does not show us the way. He is the way. The truth of God is Christ. He does not give us truth. He does not explain truth to us. He does not teach us the truth. He is the truth. And the life of God and what he gives is Christ. Knowing God's way is to know Christ. And knowing God's truth is to know Christ. Knowing God's life is to know Christ. So why aren't we spending more time trying to understand Christ? He was the embodiment of everything that the Father was and is. His actions toward humanity, his reactions to religious unbelief, the traditions of men, how he responded to them was how the Father responded to them. How Jesus responded to the woman called in adultery is how the Father responded to him or her. How Jesus responded to the death of Lazarus is how the Father responded to the death of Lazarus. How do we get to God? We get to God by possessing Christ. He is the way. We are not trying to obtain victory because there is no victory outside of Christ. And if we have Christ, we have victory because he is the Christ. Therefore, we have victory in Jesus. The victory is not a battle we win. It is Christ. Amen. He is the victor. It's not an experience we have. Salvation is not a moment that we have. It is Christ. He is not just the Savior, but he is salvation. So if I am in Christ, hell cannot defeat me because it could not defeat Christ. I'm in him and he in me, and hell has no chance at destroying me because he is the victor. In John 17, John was the last gospel to be written. Almost as if after the three synoptic gospels were written, John read that, saw that, heard that, looked at that, and said, I appreciate what you all have to say, and it's not wrong. But let me tell you who Jesus really is. And let me go back to the beginning to tell you who he is. In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And John talks about Jesus from the perspective of his deity. Now, Jesus said in John 17, I have given them thy word, speaking of the disciples, I've given them thy word, praying to the Father. And the world hath hated them because they are not of the world even as I am not of the world. He did not come from the world. He is not of the earth. He was wrapped in earth, but he is not of the earth. And because he was not of the earth, we are not of the earth. We are not of this world. We are bought with a price. Therefore, we glorify God 
in our members. What's inside of us is heavenly. We are wrapped in earth, but we are not of this world. Our spirit is heavenly. It is not earthy. And so he said, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world. It is I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself. There is no sanctification outside of Christ. He is the sanctification. We could not cleanse ourselves. We could not separate ourselves. We could not bring distinction to ourselves. But Christ became our separation. So that we could be separated unto him that they also might be sanctified through the truth. And truth is not a doctrine, it's a person. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one, that they all may be one. You're going to have to stay with me for a little while here tonight. That they all may be one on the same page. With the same spirit, buried in the same name, called to the same calling, part of the same kingdom, serving the same God with one mind and one accord, that they all may be one. I'm praying that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world might, may believe that thou hast sent me. When the world looks at their oneness, they will understand our oneness. I wonder what the world sees when they look at our division. The glory which thou gavest me, I have given to them. I gave my glory to them that they may be one. Are you kidding me? I'm going to come to the house of the Lord and act like this is a social club. Christ has given us his glory that they may be one even as we are one. I in them and thou in me that they may be whole or may be perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and that thou hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am. I don't want them to be separated from me. I want them to be separated from the world. I don't want them to be separated from my righteousness. Amen. I want them to be separated from the evil. So I need you to help them to be where I am that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. O oh, righteous Father, the world hath not known me but I, or thee, but I have known thee and these have known that thou hast sent me and I have declared unto them thy name and will declare it that the love wherewith Thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. Now, we think we understand that. But I want you to understand that oneness has everything to do with image. Oneness has to do with image. Now, I borrowed this from Brother Hoffman that preached masterfully at our day service, one of our day services in Camp meeting, I actually preached both days, but on this one day, he made a couple of these points, and I want to bring it into this context here tonight, but he talked about Adam being created in the image of God. 
He was created in the image of God. But when Adam fell and when Adam sinned, it marred the image of God and the image of the world and the identity of the world came upon the human race. Man in man's wisdom began to think worldly thoughts, impure thoughts. And the world mindset and the spirit of iniquity changed the image of the human race. And so Adam could no longer say that he projected or reflected the image of God. But a second Adam came. And his name was Jesus Christ. In whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. That word image means resemblance or representation. Now the enemy has icons as well in the world. Satan has symbols and icons in the world. Some of them appear to be innocent, but they are not innocent if they are of this world. Because they came out of man's wisdom and they came out of the flesh. And anything that is uncrucified flesh and unsubmitted flesh projects an image that is not like God. And so Christ came as the image of the invisible God, according to Colossians 1 and 15, and as the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 2. And Brother Hoffman said this. He said, it is my firm belief that if Adam walked in that door and Jesus walked in that door and they stood next to each other, they would be identical twins because God doesn't have more than one image. God is concerned about his image. And when Christ came, he reflected the image of God. It was not a different image that Adam was created in. <laughs> now I'm going to take it a little step further here. Because the Bible said in Romans chapter 8 and verse 29, For whom he did foreknow... He also did predestinate, that's us, to be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. We aren't Adam and we aren't Christ, but we are being transfigured to become the twin of Christ. We are being called to be transformed into the image of Christ. Now, if you don't understand Christ, you're always, going to you're always going to struggle with what kind of image you're supposed to be projecting. You can't serve Christ and look like the image of this world. We have to understand him. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, for a man indeed ought to not cover not to cover his head, for as much as he is the image, he is the likeness, he is the resemblance of the glory of God. But the woman is the glory of the man. That's why the devil is messing with gender identity. Because if a revelation, a real revelation of Christ ever hit this planet, we're, we're not checking off our dress code we look like we look because Christ is on the inside of us and he is projecting himself on the outside. The covering has to be upon the flesh so that the light that is on the inside can shine to the rest of the world. Clap your hands unto the Lord and give him praise. Come on. 
The enemy is trying to pervert the image of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the first man is of the earth earthy. The second man is of the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. If you have the Adamic nature, you're going to be like fallen Adam. But if you have Christ's nature in you, and you have his glory in you, you're going to want to be like him. It's going, to, it's going to naturally flow out of you. It's not things that we acquire. We're not acquiring a dress code. We're not acquiring new conduct. We're not acquiring new behavior. We're not asking God to add character traits to us. And No, we have to get our flesh crucified. And when we do everything that Christ is, we'll operate and function in our lives. And that's when we'll begin to see miracles, signs, and wonders because Christ will not be able to help but be like who he is. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, but we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of Christ. There is no true transformation without the Spirit of Christ. You can choose not to cut your hair, but that doesn't make you a Christian. You can choose to dress modest, but that doesn't mean that Christ is working in your life. Because, because if your tongue is as long as your hair, Christ is not operating in your life. The nature of Christ has to function in us. This cannot be just something uh, that we do because everybody else is doing it. You can't sit there on the pew and say, I'm doing that because that's what the preacher requires. Uh, and that's what somebody over there requires. And I don't want them to think uh, I'm strange and not part of the church. Uh, but when Christ is on the inside of you, uh, it'll change the way you look and the way you talk. Uh, and it will be natural. It'll be organic. Uh, and it will not be forced. And so how do we get there? Christ, we're praying for God to show us the way, but in effect, we are praying for a method. We don't need a method. Christ is the way. We're looking for a bag of tricks. We're looking for magic wands. We're, I don't understand how they do it. I just can't make myself do that. Exactly. You cannot make yourself do that. But when Christ gets a hold of you, let, let me just remind you of something. That I quoted this this morning. I've quoted it before. But if you think that you are in control of your life, you can be. But you're not supposed to be. Because Christ purchased you with his own blood. He purchased you, you can sit down, he purchased you with his own blood. You are not your own anymore. If you want to act like that, you can go out in the world and be part of the world. But Christ said, uh, I pray, Father, that you would protect them from the evil. They are not of this world. Uh, they are of that world just like I am. Uh, and my spirit is in them. So when I pray for a method, you can be seated. We have the way God will use. If we have the way, which is Christ, God will use whatever method that he has to use to bring it to pass.
How do we find the way? Philippians 3. But what things were gained to me, Paul said, those I counted lost for who? Ooh, shout it loud. Those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, not, not to just be a Christian, but because when I got a revelation of him, I hung up my dirty garments. What things were gained to me, that job I had that was keeping me from church and that career that I chose and that woman that I was chasing and that, that man I thought I was going to marry and, that, and that, that those cars I was driving and that house I was taking care of and all those friends that I had and, and, and I had to uh, social drink and all that kind of stuff to be a part. All those things that, that I used to have I, that, I counted, uh, that I counted gain for me, those I counted lost for Christ uh, because when I saw him, I said, I don't need any of this anymore I gladly I gladly trade in this any day for him I'm telling you we're going to get there tonight we're going to get there he said yea yea, doubtless yea doubtless Don't, don't doubt it don't doubt it I count all things I count all things Money and cars and houses and friends and education and careers and my God have mercy. 401ks, I, I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. Paul said, I lost it all. I have lost it all. And my house is a prison cell now. But you don't know what I know. If you knew about the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ that I have. He said I suffer the loss of all things and I do count them but dung. That I may win Christ. That I may win him. That I may win him. Oh that I may know him. In the fellowship of his suffering. And in the power of his resurrection. Oh, I got to know him. I got to know him. Hallelujah. Now, y'all sit down. Y'all didn't want to preach with me for the first 10 minutes. Just be seated. We're looking for formulas. And we're looking for methods. Is there a book I can read that tell me how to get to him? Not even this book. This book tells you who he is. But you can't get to him except through Christ. He's the way. So we can't merely copy the methods of others. We can't look at them and say, look, look what they're doing. Man, it's working for them. No, 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 it don't work like that. We, the, the, the kingdom of God is not full of gimmicks. Now, I, I'm going to help you for a moment here because there, there is no way to Christ and there's no way to the Father but through Christ. There's no way to Christ without prayer. And James said the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. 
Well, I pray fervently. Do you? Do you pray effectual? The word effectual is the Greek word energio. The word fervent is the word energio. The energio, energio prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Yet we pray with energy. And a lot of times nothing happens. We cannot merely focus on the intensity or the energy and use it as a method of prayer. We have to focus on the source of the energy. Where is the energy coming from? Is it coming from Adam or Jesus? Is it coming from the earthy or is it coming from the heavenly? Is it coming from Christianity or is it coming from Christ? Is it coming from religion or is it coming from relationship? I got to be careful right now because I'm about to blow up in this place. He is the way, and when you understand he is the way, there is something that happens with your prayer. When you connect with Christ, if I can touch him, if I can touch him, if I can just touch him. The woman with the issue of blood said, if I can but touch the hem of his garment. You may not have an issue of blood, but you need to be ushered into the presence of God. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be ushered into the presence of God. It has to be a Christ-like prayer. He's the way. Somebody shout, he's the way. And he's the truth. Truth is not teachings, but the teacher. Truth is not words, but the word. Truth is not the law, but the lawgiver. We're focusing on words instead of focusing on Christ. Have you checked it out lately? Have you seen his marred visage lately? Have you seen how he treated people lately? Have you seen his nail-pierced hands and feet lately? Have you seen the hole in his side? Have you seen those three-inch thorns in the brow of his head? Have you felt the chastisement of our peace that was upon him? You shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. And verse 36 of John 8 said, If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. That means you shall be truly free. That means no bondage at all. Truth is not a doctrine. Truth is Christ. Just because you know the doctrine of Christ doesn't mean that you know Christ. If the doctrine doesn't result in Christ in you and you in him, then your doctrine is dead. It's dead works of the flesh. It is man's wisdom if it's not alive. Doctrine requires memory, but being in Christ does not require memory because he is with me all the time, every minute and every second of the day. I don't have to remember the doctrine if I know the person. Because if I know the person, the doctrine will come out of me naturally. I am a walking epistle known and read of all men. I may not be, 
I may not be able to quote every scripture in the book, but I can tell you who Jesus is. Some people forget about what he has done for them, and therefore they fall away. God hasn't done anything for me lately. I forget. What's that scripture that encouraged me? No, no, no. You're missing the point. When you're in Christ, his mind directs your actions. It guides the conscience because he is truth and there is no lie in him. There are times that we say that we forgive, but it's mere words. It's dead doctrine. But in Christ, we truly forgive because he is the truth. His words are true because he is the truth. And he forgives because he is full of grace and truth. And he is merciful. When Christ is working in you, you will be merciful to people. When Christ is in you, you will give people a space of grace. That means you'll give them a little space to make a mistake every once in a while. When Christ is living in you, you don't have to ask God to help you to forgive them. You have to let the Christ, the spirit that is on the inside of you, be the forgiver. My God, have mercy. And if the Son makes you free, some of you need to be free from your bitterness here tonight. And the way you're going to do it is you're going to let the Christ in you forgive the hurt and forgive the pain and heal the wounds. And if the Son make you free, you shall be free indeed. Some of you need to be free from your shame here tonight because the one that died for your sin to eradicate shame in your life is in this building. He's in you. He's in me. He's working. Amen. He is the truth. And he'll tell you the truth about you. The devil will lie to you. The devil will tell you, you're still an alcoholic. You're still a drug addict. You're still a loser. You're, you're, you're still a fornicator. You, you're, you're still full of bitterness, but God will tell you the truth. And the truth is, I can't see all that kind of stuff, but when, because when I look at you, I see Christ. Uh, when I'm looking at you, I see, I see my body hanging on the cross. When God looks at you, he has to look through the filter of Christ. Christ is a life. Christ is the life. Now we call life work. It's work. We're working for him. We're working. I'm doing a work for God. It's life. I'm alive. We're working. Work can never be classified as life. Nor can serving. Work is not life. The Lord is life. Trying to live for God is not life. Christ living in you, that's life. You having to work and struggle and labor, pray with clenched fists and gritted teeth, trying to force God to do something in my life. God, can you deal with this issue? God's saying, no. Not till you let go of it and stop complaining about it. But my grace is sufficient. If you have to work to live for God, then it's not life. Life is natural. It produces good works. Good works do not produce life. 
And you can't ever substitute good, good works for life. And I said this morning, God not only needs to deliver us from our sin, but he needs to deliver us from our good works. Because any good work that does not come out of Christ is a work of the flesh and it produces death. You can feed as many poor people as you want to. You can be as kind as you want to. But if it's not coming at the outflow of your spirit where the flesh is dead, when Christ is living on the inside of you, life is natural. In Galatians chapter 2, he said, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the faith of Christ, by the faith of Christ, and not by the works of the law. We are justified by the faith of Christ. I said this morning that faith is an element of the fruit of the Spirit. It is part of the fruit of the Spirit. You don't have faith without the Spirit. Every man's dealt a measure of faith by God. Faith increases by God's testing and teaching you how to trust. You can't believe greater until God can trust you with greater. Faith comes as part of the fruit of the Spirit. So be gentle all you want to. But if you still have unbelief in your life, that's a work of the flesh. That is not a work of the Spirit. But when the fruit of the Spirit is flowing in you and out of you, it is the faith of Christ. So the question is, do you want your faith? This is what your faith sounds like. God, I really do believe you. Oh, God, I believe you. Oh, God, can you hear me? Do you believe me? I believe you, God. I believe you. I believe you're going to do this. God, I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. That's what our faith sounds like. That's what flesh sounds like. That's what flesh straining to get a prayer answered sounds like. But God's faith sounds like this. The faith of Christ Sounds like this. Father, you're in charge. You're going to do it in your time and your way. And I'm going to praise you in advance while it's happening and after it happens. Because you're faithful. You're a good God. You're the friend that sticks closer than a brother. That's what the faith of Christ sounds like. He said, but if, but if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves are found sinners. If we're seeking justification, but we're still found sinners. That's for all kind of people that say, all you got to do is profess the name of the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and you will be saved, but you can continue in your sin. He said, no, if we seek to be justified by Christ, we are, and we ourselves also are found sinners, is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. For I build again. For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. If you keep going back to the things that God brought you out of, it's because you don't understand Christ. If you're struggling to live for him, it's because Christ is not living through you. Mm. For though the law, for I through the law am dead to the law that I might live unto God. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Pay attention. That only happens if you're crucified with Christ. I said it this morning. Christ hung on the cross for six hours, moving up and down. Redemption was not complete until 
He gave up the ghost. Six hours later, they nailed him to the cross. Redemption was not finished. But when he gave up the ghost right before that, he said, it is finished. You know, when Christ is going to begin to do his greatest work in your life, when you finally quit moving up and down on the cross, trying to hold on to the life that you had. <laughs> Ooh. Please, God, can I just hold on to this? Can I just hang out with them? Can I just continue to date them? <sighs> can I just keep that? Can I, can I just hold on? Can I please keep? God, please don't take that. No, you're moving up and down. <sighs> I try to hold on to that life you once had and be in the church and in the world at the same time, but the minute you say, God, I give up. I give up. I'm giving up my lying. I'm giving up my drinking, my cussing, my hating, my racism. I'm giving up my partiality, my carnality, my prayerlessness, my unbelief. Yeah. When you finally give up, Christ in you will become the hope of glory. Christ is going to work in you. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me and the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God. I live by the faith of the Son of God. I don't live by my own faith. I live by the faith. That's why a profession of faith cannot save you. Because it ain't His faith. Because when it's His faith, His faith, will take you to that tank where you can get in Christ and it'll fill you with his spirit so that Christ can get in you. Back to the prayer of Jesus, oh Father, I pray that they all might be one as you and I are one and they in us and we in them and that we all might be one because we are people that are not, we are ent uh, entities that are not of this world. Now watch this. Watch this, Paul said, I do not frustrate the, the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. What do you mean I do not uh, frustrate the grace of God? I'm not going to frustrate the grace I've been given by going back to the same sin over and over again as if Christ is not living in me. Because you trust me right now, Christ ain't going to the whorehouse. Christ ain't going to the movie theater. Well, I don't believe it's wrong to go to the movie theater. That's right. You don't, but Christ does. That's all right. I don't need no nervous hand claps. I'm up here with Jesus all by myself and him. You can go to the bar room, but Christ ain't going with you. You can go cheat on him with, her, with, with him, but Christ ain't going to commit adultery with you. He's not going into an extramarital affair. You can go back to your old drug habits if you want to, but Christ ain't going. Paul said, I don't frustrate the grace of God. He delivered me and I didn't deserve it. I'm only saved by his grace. Now this stuff, this stuff about he that hath an ear, let him hear. What kind of ear? The ear of the Spirit. 
He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. God, anoint my eyes that I may see. Jesus told that generation, he said, you're a generation of vipers. And, and in seeing you see not and hearing you hear not. And, and you do not understand. You don't have a heart to understand. Because you are keeping legalities of the law. But you have no relationship with the lawgiver. Therefore you are blind, deaf, and dumb. If life in a, in, is in us. Life will be in our eyes and life will be in our ears. Spiritual life comes by faith. The just shall live by faith. It's not that cheap little faith that the world of Christendom has sold people. It's not that cheap little faith right there. But it's the faith of God. It's the faith of Jesus that believes for the impossible. Miracles are not a thing. They're not a thing. trying to make miracles a thing God do this thing God if you'll just do this one thing for me it's a thing and God's saying hey bud why are you looking out there look in here his name shall be called wonderful that word means miracle counselor you need counseling don't look out there look in here Jesus don't charge 250 bucks an hour. I need some counseling. Sometimes we do, but sometimes we just need an altar. And we need to resurrect a counselor. Because he's life. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do, God. Look in here, not out there, and life will come. He is the way, he's the truth, and he is the life. Stay with me for just a little bit. Clever words are not life. Clever preaching is not life. Big vocabulary words are not life. Extreme logic is not life. Religious and fanfare and lights, uh, that's not life. Talent is not life. Influence is not life. Fundamentals is not life. Christian beliefs are not life. Only Christ is life. It's deeper than emotion. It's more profound than thought. It is Christ. It's like nobody else. He is the express image of his person. Enthusiasm doesn't manifest Christ. Enthusiastic prayer does not avail much, but Christ-like prayer avails much. Noise does not manifest Christ, but the sound that comes from heaven will manifest Christ. Eager faith does not manifest Christ. He is not the God of your wish list. He's so much bigger. He wants to tear your wish list up and say, Hey, dude, you haven't seen what I've written about you in the annals of heaven. If you want to be of this world, you go right ahead. But if you understand the plans that I made for you in that world, you'll quit living earthy and you will live heavenly. I wish I had somebody that believed me right now. I'm talking about perpetual, consistent faith that manifests Christ. Christ is trying to get us to trust him. 
Stay with me. I'm fixing to hit the, the runway. For me to live is Christ. As long as I'm here, you don't have to sit down. As long as I'm here, Christ liveth in me. Now, this is what Jesus said in John 10. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The word there is sustenance. You shall go in and out. You're asking me for bread, and I'm telling you, I am the bread. You're asking me for the way, and I'm telling you, I'm the door. And he said, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Let's get that straight. Anything that's stealing from you, trying to kill you or trying to destroy you is not God. God, is this you? Why are you doing this to me? He said, I'm come that you might have life because he's the way, the truth, and the life and that you might have it more abundantly. Now, we talk about things if we want to or we can talk about him who gives himself to us in abundance. Life is not something he gives life is what he is. So it's the will of God that we have an abundant Christ. I'm closing. Go back to the book of Genesis. Look at the seventh day. On the seventh day, God rested. Then he comes to the book of Exodus. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Sabbath means rest then we come to the story of Noah whose name means rest then we come to Shiloh the place the first place the tabernacle was erected as they crossed the Jordan River Shiloh means rest remember everything points to Christ then the prophet said for with stammering lips and another tongue Will I speak to this people? And this is the rest. And this is the refreshing. Wherewith I will cause the weary to rest. Lord. Show us the Father. <laughs> show us the Father. Jesus said we spent all this time together we've been in this building together we've been in Hope together we've been in LC together we've been in Jeff together for years and you don't know me when you've seen me 
who've seen the Father. I've come to give you rest. If you want to know what the Father looks like, it's rest. The Holy Spirit is rest. Now, this is what Jesus said in Matthew 11. Everything's been entrusted to me by my Father. Only the Father knows the Son. The Father is known only by the Son and by those to whom the Son reveals Him. Come to me, and I will give you rest. All of you who work so hard beneath a heavy yoke, wear my yoke. For it fits perfectly. And let me teach you. For I am gentle and humble. And you shall find rest for your souls. For I give you only light burdens. The reason I didn't let you take this service away. Is because we see God. As this great being that we have to beg to get to do anything for us. Because we pray, God, do these things for me. Here's my list. God, I need you to heal my body. And God is saying, before the foundation of the world, Christ was my plan. Don't see Christ as the one man that lived for 33 and a half years see him as the seed of the woman that formed the rest of the body in the body of Christ there is rest but we're weary in well doing and we're frustrated with the disappointments of life God I just want to know you And God's saying, that that I put in you is rest. I put the healing in you. It's not out there. It's already in you. I put peace in you. It's not out there. I'm not bringing it to you. It's it's in you. Because Christ is in you. He is the way and the truth and the life. Yesterday, I looked up. I don't know what made me do this, but I looked up the phrase of life. You can stand. I looked up the phrase of life. And I went right down through the concordance. And this is what I learned. He is the breath of life. He is the tree of life. He is the path of life. Right in the scripture. He's the fountain of life. He's the way of life. He is the well of life. He is the wellspring of life. He is the resurrection and the life. He is the bread of life. He's the prince of life. He's the spirit of life. He's the savor of life. He's the word of life. And he's the water of life. He's life. What is life? It's rest. What is life? Lord, 
Show us the Father. It's rest. Tonight, if you're weary, weary with physical condition and infirmity, the Lord is going to heal you. Not from out here. It's not something he's going to give you. It's something he's going to become to you. How many of you believe that? How many of you need healing in your body tonight? Would you raise your hand? You need rest from pain, rest from affliction, rest from worry. How many of you have been, been troubled in your mind and perplexed and frustrated and you just need rest? Would you lift your hands all over the building? Rest. If you want to know what the Father is, He's your rest. Father, I'm asking you, Lord, to help us not to miss this moment. There was a little heaviness in here, Lord, when we started the message tonight. But right now, there is peace in this house. Not emotion, not hype, not fanaticism. But there's rest and there's peace. Father, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would make us one here tonight in your rest. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would calm the spirit of people. People that are frustrated about things they can't change. Would you give them rest tonight? You can just come whenever you're ready. I speak, Lord God, to those who have infirmity and affliction and disease and sickness and weakness in their body. And I pray, Lord, that you would become their healing. And I pray that you would release rest upon them in the name of the Lord. I'm going to ask our ministry to move through this altar and begin to pray for people. In the name of the Lord, come. Come, come quickly, come quickly. In the name of the Lord. Well, I need, an, I need a lot of noise to pray. No, you don't. You just need Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus, oh God, in this place tonight. That's it. This that you feel in this place tonight is rest. We're not working for it. We're not striving for it. We're not, we're not straining for it. But tonight we're receiving it because it's already a part of us. I pray that you would settle the nerves of people in this place. People that have in the last few months or the last year, the last year and a half, been on the verge of a nervous breakdown. People that have been under vicious assault by the spirit of the evil one. I pray, Lord, that you would give rest for our souls here in this place. That's it. Come on. In the name of the Lord Jesus, oh God, I need you in this place. I need you in this place. There's rest for your body. There's rest for your weary mind. There's rest for your tied up, tangled up emotions. There's rest for the heaviness of shame, for your past that you've been carrying. There's rest here tonight. Some of you are worn out, worn out laboring, working, striving. Lord, it's not producing anything. But if you'll rest in Him tonight, that's it. Come on. I know we want it loud. I, I, I know we want the singers singing. 
I know, I know we want a lot of noise in this place, but rest is not noisy. It's peace like a river. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. That's it. Come on. I pray for every husband and wife in this place. I pray for every man, woman, and young person and child in this place. In the name of the Lord. I pray for it right now. Stress be gone. I command your stress to be gone. In the name of Jesus. Oh, mighty God. Oh, mighty God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, oh God. There's a moving in this place. Come on. But you don't know what I've been through. No, but I know that there's rest here tonight. But you don't know how many unanswered prayers I have. No, but I know about the God that you do have. As long as you have Christ, you have hope. As long as you have Christ, you have rest. Come on. Now, the best way to do this is just to tell the Lord, I give it all to you. I give it to you. I can't change it. So I'm trusting you with it. And I'm going to rest. It hurts. But I'm putting it in your hands. I'm casting all of my cares upon you. Come on. Come on. He's your everything. He's your everything. He's your everything. Oh, hallelujah, there's healing in this place. There's healing happening in your body right now. There's healing happening in marriages right now. There's peace coming to troubled minds in this place right now. Peace like a river. Oh, peace like a river. Come on, somebody. Would you let the Lord have his way? Would you just surrender completely to him? Oh, hallelujah, Lord Jesus. That's it. Come on. Pray in the spirit. Pray in tongues right now. The Spirit knoweth. But sometimes we know not what to pray for we ought, what we ought to pray. But the Spirit itself knoweth. For it maketh intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Come on, activate the faith of Christ in you. Activate the faith of God in you. Activate the power of the name. You are healthy. You are loved. You are valued. You are anointed. You do have a ministry. The power of God is in you. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Come on, here it comes. Spring up, oh well. Spring up, oh well. Would you just forget about who's around you? Don't, don't get distracted looking around right now. I'm telling you, the Lord is ministering to people deeply in this place tonight. Somebody's about to see the Father. Oh, Christ showed us who he was. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. You're about to get a glimpse of the Father wrapping his arms around you. 
He's not here to love you. He is love. He's not just exhibiting an action towards you. He is being the love of God inside of you. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, I surrender. I surrender all to you. Everything, everything I give to you, withholding nothing. Oh, hallelujah, I'm not holding anything back. Come on, greater faith. There are miracles taking place in this building right now. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, but I've lost my way. No, you haven't. He's still there. I fell away from the truth. No, you didn't. He's still there. I'm, I'm losing my life. No, you're not. He's still there. He's the way. He's the truth. And he is the life. Go ahead. Come on. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's not going to just be rest. It's going to be strength. Strength is coming. Your joy is coming back. Oh, your joy is coming back. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. Woo. Yes, Lord. I give it all to you. I give it all to you. I'm surrendered to you, Lord. Tonight is the night I breathe my last breath on the cross. It is finished. I give up my life. I give up my dreams for your dreams. I give up my vision. I give up my goals for your goals and your vision. Yeah. Woo. I feel a deep move of his spirit in here. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, would you call out to him? He's as close as the mention of his name. I surrender, I surrender, I surrender. Come on, you gotta let it go. You got to let it go. You gotta let go of man's wisdom. You gotta let go of the Adamic nature. Oh, hallelujah. You gotta let go of the earthy and exchange it for the heavenly. I'm gonna live, I'm gonna be faithful to the heavenly vision. Yeah.